Good morning and welcome to St. Patrick's Cathedral for the celebration of the Eucharist on the third Sunday of Easter. You may access the worship program at www.stpatrickscathedral.org live. Our celebrant is His Eminence Timothy Cardinal Dolan, the Archbishop of New York. Please stand and join in singing the entrance hymn, which can be found in the Blue St. Michael hymnal, number 424. Alleluia, let the holy anthem rise, number 424. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. Welcome, everybody, and a blessed continued Easter season. Welcome to Sunday Mass here at America's Parish Church, St. Patrick's Cathedral. 
we're glad not only to welcome you, but those who unite with us at home on our live stream and the Catholic Faith Network and the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Two special groups I'd like to welcome. We have a, a group of our beloved parents who have lost a child. Uh, and that you would come uh, seeking co the consolation of faith for a tragedy that, uh, that has to be one of the deepest in the human heart for a parent to lose a child means a lot to us. So we welcome you and we love you and we're praying with and for you. And I'm also so happy to welcome uh, the uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society from the Archdiocese of New York. What wonderful work they do. Do you know about them? I'm not surprised because they do it humbly and discreetly and effectively, but we love them and appreciate the Vincent de Paul Society founded by Blessed Frederick Ozanam. And this is the Sunday closest to his birthday, so welcome. All right, so that we might offer this great prayer, this holy sacrifice of the Mass, the Holy Eucharist, the more worthily we call to mind our sins. <clears throat> we ask for the mercy that Jesus, that Jesus won for us by his death and resurrection. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us all to life everlasting. <clears throat>
Let us pray. May your people exult forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit, so that rejoicing now in the restored glory of our adoption, we may look forward in confident hope to the rejoicing of the day of resurrection through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, You who are Jews, indeed, all of you staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. You who are Israelites, hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man commended to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders, and signs, which God worked through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This man delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed, using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death, because it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Therefore my heart has been glad and my tongue has exalted. My flesh too will dwell in hope because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with your joy in your presence. My brothers, one can confidently say to you about the patriarch David that he died and was buried, and his tomb is in our midst to this day. But since he was a prophet, and knew that God had sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon this throne. He foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. Exalted at the right hand of God, he received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father and poured him forth as you see and hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
First letter of St. Peter. Beloved, if you invoke as Father him who judges impartially according to each one's works, conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of your sojourning, realizing that you were ransomed from your futile conduct, handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver and gold but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a spotless lamb, unblemished. He was known before the foundation of the world, but revealed in the final time for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord, you, Lord. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the woman had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophet spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave them the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sights. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
Let's see, 21, 22 years ago, uh, when I was told that I was to be a bishop, um, obviously that, that day is, is seared in my memory. And I remember conferring, I had to keep it a secret, but I could speak to my own bishop, uh, at the time Archbishop Justin Regali, and it was to, to him that I was to return in St. Louis as his auxiliary bishop. He said to me, now, uh, Tim, you have, to, you have to choose an Episcopal motto. Huh. I didn't know about that. Um, I knew that bishops had a motto on their coat of arms, on their crest. I kind of thought it was assigned. I didn't know I had to choose it. And I said, well, well, how do I do that? What should this motto be? And he said, well, don't you, it should be just a, a little brief, uh, crisp quote from the Bible. And uh, your favorite passage, do you, he said, do you have a favorite passage that you could use for your, uh, for your Episcopal motto, your motto as a bishop? So I thought for a minute, I said, yeah, I think so. He said, well, what is it? And I said, well, it would be the words of Jesus after his resurrection when he appeared to his disciples who were gathered on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus said to them, do you have anything here to eat? Now, <laughs> I didn't choose that, folks, but, the, uh, but the, uh, <laughs> that incident comes, <laughs> comes back to me because See, during this Easter season, have you noticed when we're often blessed to have our readings from God's holy word in the Bible about the times that Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection? Remember how he stayed for 40 days between Easter and when he ascended it to his Father in heaven? If you notice, more often than not, when he is with his disciples, it's for a meal. It's to eat. We had that today, right? On the, the epic gospel narrative, probably the most famous of those two disciples that first Easter night who were walking those seven miles away from Jerusalem toward that little village called Emmaus, remember? And Jesus appears to them and walks with them, but they didn't recognize him until they got to the village and they said, would you come in and eat with us? And there he took bread and wine. He broke it, he blessed it, he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened when they recognized Jesus at this meal, eating with them in the breaking of the bread. Now, usually we, the Holy Mother Church has reckoned that Jesus probably did this, often ate with his disciples for two special reasons, see? Number one is, well, he wanted to show them, look, I'm no ghost, I'm no phantom, I'm no illusion, I'm no dream, I'm no passing vision here, it is really I. I have bodily risen from the dead. Here, see, ghosts don't eat. Visions don't get hungry. Hallucinations 
don't ask for something to eat. Jesus did because he wanted to show to his disciples, I have really and truly risen from the dead. But here's the second reason I would propose to you this third Sunday of Easter, everybody. Um, after Jesus rose from the dead, that first Easter Sunday, yes, he showed them that he was really alive. He was really with them. He was really risen from the dead by eating a meal with them. And folks, he still does. He still does. You and I believe that Jesus still eats with us. He still remains with us really and truly in the sacred meal that you and I call the Mass, the Holy Eucharist, receiving him in the gift of Holy Communion. Like those, like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, we still recognize him in the breaking of the bread at Mass. You ever get a chance to Rome, there's a visit Rome, you'll go to the catacombs, of course, and there you'll see these ancient tombs where the early Christians would gather to pray for those who were, had gone before them, passed over to new life through death, and where they would often pray and where they would often have Mass, the Eucharist. And you will see ancient murals. These are centuries old, ancient murals that have been carefully preserved, precisely showing Jesus eating with his apostles at the Last Supper, Holy Thursday, the night before he dies, eating with them at Emmaus, eating with them on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, reminding the early Christians that Jesus was still with them, powerful and alive, at the sacred meal called the Eucharist. So you see, you see why the Holy Eucharist is so important to us, everybody? Do you, do you see, do you realize why the most significant act we perform each week is here at the Holy Eucharist at Sunday Mass? Do you see why we believe that, as Pope St. Pius X said, this side of paradise, we can't get any closer to Jesus than receiving him worthily in Holy Communion? Do you see why we bishops have called for a Eucharistic revival to rekindle within our hearts and souls that love for the real presence of Jesus Christ at Holy Mass and in Holy Communion? A lot of stories there are about people who had a passionate faith in and love for and hunger for our Lord in the breaking of the bread and the Holy Eucharist. I, let me share one of my favorites with you. There was a, a brave Jesuit bishop in China. Oh, this had to be about four decades ago, four or five decades ago. His name was Dominic Tang. He had been imprisoned by the Chinese communists as they still are. He had been imprisoned by the Chinese communists because of his fidelity. 
And he was in solitary confinement for 10 years. 10 years of solitary confinement, can you imagine? And after 10 years, the guards came and said, uh, ah, it's been 10 years, you've been a pretty good prisoner. Is there anything you would like? Hmm. Can you imagine what you would ask for after 10 years in solitary confinement? I'd ask if there were a Shake Shack close by where they could deliver a bacon cheeseburger. You'd, you'd figure he would ask for, is there any mail? Could I have somebody to visit? Could I have a hot shower? Could I have a, a special meal? As I've just been subsisting on the basics of bread and water. Bishop Tang simply said to them, I would like to receive Holy Communion. I'd like to receive Holy Communion. And of course, they closed the prison doors and he returned to solitary confinement. Bishop Tang knew what those two disciples on the road to Emmaus knew. Those two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made present to them in the breaking of the bread. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for our shepherd, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, for all bishops, priests, deacons, religious, and those who guide us in faith, that they may be holy and effective in their mission to draw all people to Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For peace among nations and for those suffering the effects of war, especially in Ukraine, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That our commitment to the Christian mission may grow and be a visible sign of the new life we have in the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Dr. Michael Brescia, the great apostle 
to the dying at Calvary Hospital that the angels and saints welcome him to heaven, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for all our beloved dead, that they may enjoy the fullness of eternal life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our parents gathered here at Sunday Mass with us who are still nursing that wound of having lost a child, that your grace and mercy might console them. We pray to the Lord. And for our beloved Vincentians, the St. Vincent de Paul Society of the Archdiocese of New York, that, that their patrons, Vincent de Paul and Blessed Frederick Ozanam, may continue to strengthen and guide them, we pray to the Lord. And we make these and all of our prayers through Christ our Lord. Pray now that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, our Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice that you have made. Praise the Lord, for our all 
Receive, O Lord, we pray, these offerings of your exultant church. And as you've given her cause for such great gladness, grant also that the gifts we bring may bear fruit in perpetual happiness through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time, above all, to loud you yet more gloriously when Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. He never ceases to offer himself up for us, but defends us and ever pleads our cause before you. He, he's that sacrificial victim who dies no more, the lamb once slain who lives forever. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise. Even the heavenly powers with the angels of heaven sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. <clears throat> of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. <clears throat> In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. For 
as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Timothy, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, St. Patrick and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Shall we offer a sign of Christ's peace?
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. Look with kindness upon your people, Lord, and grant, we pray, that those you've been pleased to renew by these eternal mysteries of the Holy Eucharist may attain the incorruptible glory of the resurrection through Christ our Lord. Father Enrique, I think you've got a brief invitation for our people, don't you? Yes, we do. Good morning, everyone. We'd like to invite you to join and also everyone at home, our new social media platform of the Archdiocese of New York. It was launched last year and it's called the Good Newsroom. So it's the Good Newsroom, but it's the Good Newsroom. And it's a great platform in which you can, you receive all of the news, but not only of the Archdiocese of New York, but the church at large, the universal church that all, we should always be on, uh, informed with. We have inspiring stories, the homilies of St. Patrick's Cathedral each day. So it's very much worth it. And all you have to do is go to your app store, whether it's the Apple App Store or, or Google Play, or subscribe through the, the goodnewsroom.org website. And it's something that we all encourage. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, it is working. It's catching on, thegoodnewsroom.org. Tune in, folks, you'd be welcome. It's a good way to stay in touch. The Lord be with you. We ask God's blessing upon all of us here present, those united with us in worship at home, particularly upon our beloved parents who have lost a child and our members of the St. Vincent de Paul Society here, that through the intercession of our joyful Mother Mary, those holy women at the tomb, those apostles on the road to Emmaus, Almighty God may bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Regina Celi, Flitare, Alleluia, Miracle, Risi, Portare, Alleluia, singing that Easter day with joy was bright number 774 in the blue St. Michael hymnal <laughs> 